evening. Praying everybody's doing well. Amen. Well, thank you guys for coming. And as as usual, this will be uh, uh, on our page after this is done, as well as Joe does a great job at uh, putting this and reshaping it and retooling it on our webpage. And if you haven't got a chance to see those, I don't always post those here, but go check out uh, our YouTube page and our Emmanuel webpage for uh, the edits that Joe does, where he takes a lot of the stories and things of that nature that we have, and he puts an image to it, and it looks really, really good. All right, Sister Williams, I see Sister Williams, good evening. All right, let's start with the praise break. <clears throat> um, The year is 1900. Yes, 1900. James Weldon Johnson, poet and writer, and his brother, John Rosamond Johnson, musician-composer, worked together, and they brought us the song, the anthem, Lift Every Voice and Sing. They solicited that we would sing this song instead of the Star Spangled Banner, and it became uh, coined the Black National Anthem just 17 years later. I think you all know the song. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died, yet with a steady beat. Have not our weary feet come to a place which our fathers died. We have come over a way that the tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered out of the gloomy past till now we stand at last where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, thou who had brought us thus far on the way, Thou who has left us to the light, keep us forever in thy path, we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee. Lest our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forget thee. Shadow beneath thy hand, may we forever stand. True to our God, true to our native land. On this day, there is a shout in our continued mantra to stay true to our God and true to our native land or our history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been tough. It's been tragic. It's still a fight, but we are still singing our song. On many shoulders we are standing, but we're still singing our song. Make no mistakes about it. Many fights continue today, and there are going to be some fights on tomorrow, but we're still singing 
are sown. After we're gone, after you're gone, and after I'm gone, we'll still be singing our song. True to our God. The shout is, we can be true to our God because the truth be told, he has forever been true to us. Oh yes, he has kept us when we were not even worth keeping. He's been with us and been beside us when we didn't even know him or call his name. He still led us to a place where we are today. And I just want to tell somebody, and I don't know if you got your shout on, is that we can be true to our God because he's been true to us. We can be true to our native land because our roots are true to us. Lift every voice and sing. Hopefully that's a praise break for somebody. All right, let me go into the message for today and then I'll, I'll bid you good day. I see my sister April, how are you? All right. Well, pastor still preaching out of the Freedom Ain't Free series for this month. We are also uh, working in the same realm of Exodus as we uh, go through that. And also it's happening on uh, Wednesday night Bible study. We are going in deeper uh, on Wednesdays. Uh, and his title from Sunday's message is was Saved. Amen. And he took us into some latter verses of Exodus chapter 4, 18 through 26. And uh, there was a piece that came out of that that arrested me for us to walk into this week. And I want to go back to the previous verses before 18. And that is, he made the statement about the untamed holiness of God. He said that there's an untamed holiness to God. And that there is a reminder that we all should have that dealing with God is a dangerous game. Yeah, I, I love that piece of the message and I, God arrested me to, to help us walk into this week. And so our piece is that we're going to deal with today and this journey starts with this first demonstration from God. And I want to take us to Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Exodus 4, 1 through 5. Says this, but Moses protested again, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Verse 3, Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. Key verse, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Verse five, perform this sign, the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. 
Now, you know, I like to give you something to pair with it because I believe that, uh, you know, when you when you when you're feasting together and like we are in uh, studying God's word, the bread of life, it should be a good pairing if you have one. And I like you to look at Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 to highlight as well, where it simply says this. For the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of the soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. For the next few moments, I want to talk to you with this subject in mind. It has a bite to it. It has a bite to it. There is a phrase that was first coined in the culinary circles of the world. That if one tasted something that had strength in seasoning or power in presence, once it hits the palate, that whatever it is, it's said to have a bite to it. It means that it packs a punch. It means that it has a kick. It means that it has a, a sharp or a strong taste to it. It's got a bite to it. As I began to think about this scene in the life of Moses, which is on display before us, uh, Moses uh, of the it, it is in this 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 experience of power from God, where Moses is commanded to throw down his staff. He is obedient and does so. The staff turns into a serpent. Moses immediately jumps back and God gives him the command to pick it up, but grab it by the tail. It is this thought that God's word and his power must be handled specifically and correctly that leads us into this Continued thought that I want you to have is that it's got a bite to it. Yeah, yeah. If he had grabbed the, the, the serpent wrongly or incorrectly to God's instructions, if he had grabbed it in the middle or grabbed it by the head, that snake would have had an opportunity to bite him. But because he was obedient to God's command, even though he was fearful, he grabbed it by the tail and it became what the power of God became back, turned back into what God designed for him to use to free a people. Whether what God commands you is in your hand or on the ground, you need to be careful with his commands because I'm, I came to tell somebody this evening that it has a bite to it. Whatever he says and his instructions on how to do it needs to be followed closely because there's a danger in holding it wrongly because it has a bite to it. We should all still be afraid to handle it incorrectly. We live in a day, and I hate to say it and I, I hate to see it, but you've seen it too, that we live in a day where 
preachers and teachers and those who, who are supposed to be able to rightly divide the word are being bitten because they have forgotten in their calling the instructions that came with handling God's position, the instructions that came with doing the job. TikTok and, and Instagram and all of those uh, uh, chats and things that you see, uh, uh, Twitter is filled with preachers that are in the pulpits, degrading the pulpits, terrorizing their congregations. I saw a preacher fight from the pulpit. I saw a guest preacher cuss out the hosting preacher. I saw a preacher degrade a man that didn't give the money as he should. I saw another one with two mistresses fighting in the church while he preached. And we see false healings, special vials of tap water, special cloths for money all the time. And now we have a people who are a bit with the venom of a wrongly handled snake of the power of God. It was picked up by the mouth and not the tail. And the people have become damaged. Can I tell the truth in here? But, oh yes, everybody ain't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of us does, are not concerned about the masses of how many people that we can preach to. Some of us are not concerned about speaking in great grandiose places. I, I've spoken in places with plenty of people and I've spoken to just a few people, but it doesn't matter if I don't hold God's word rightly and, and honor it and, and revere him for who he is. I learned at a young age how to revere the Lord. It's a dangerous game when you handle the power of God wrongly. You want to know why there's some miracles that are not being done today? It's because God's word and his power has been handled wrongly. And I'm so glad that I can shout myself because I've seen the handle. I've seen his power handled rightly. I've seen demons flee from people that I cared about. I've seen healing happen in my family. I've seen deliverance occur. So I know about God's power if it's handled right. When we listen to God correctly, power happens. Lives are changed. Spells are broken. Demons go running. Grief gets comforted. And my shout is, when you see the power of God handled correctly, praise gets on. Oh yeah, you can praise him when you feel his presence and you see him moving. And it doesn't matter whether you're at your house right now or in your bathroom or in your car, wherever you may be, when you feel the presence of the of God's power, there should be something in you where you cannot help but to lift him up and to give him glory and to give him thanks. And I'm so glad about it that I don't need to have a room full of people to praise him. My eyes have seen enough. I've seen him do enough. I've seen him make many too many ways for me not to give him praise for seeing his power on display. And I know you've seen it too. Yeah, you've seen his power on display. Somebody, has, one of you have seen him move after you prayed. And, I, and it didn't take 24 hours for him to deliver either. Right after you finished, God moved. I know you've seen it because I've seen it. But woe unto us when we don't understand and handle it wrongly and know that God's word's got a bite to it. You got to handle it correctly. Let's look at the text. God needed Moses to trust him 
when he grabs the snake by the tail. Moses distrusted God when it turned into a snake. How do I know? Because he took a step back. God is the one told him to put it down, but he mistrusted him for a moment and he took a step back. And so God needed Moses to trust him again. So he says, don't handle it wrongly and be afraid, grab it by the tail. And that might be for somebody here that's afraid of what you're about, of the power that God's trying to manifest in your life. It's fearful to, to go to a new city and start over. It's fearful to start a new job and a new career. You don't know nothing about what you think you should be doing in it. But if you grab it by the tail, meaning you have to tackle it head on in order to get going with it. So even though Moses initially displayed fear of the snake by fleeing from it, when God asked him to grab it by the tail, he obeyed. So what are our points to today? I got three points for you. How do we approach the power of God? One, you revere it. Two, observe his commands. And three, pick it up right. I don't have to be deep with you today. First, you revere it. Moses stepped back from it in reverence because he revered and he feared what God had done in his show of power. We've got to revere God. We've got to know that God is all powerful and God can do anything and everything. And we don't have to worry about anything because if we fear him, we know there is power. We revere him. Oh, we need to go back to the day where we understand that to, to be wrong and to treat somebody a certain way and to and to 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 be two-faced and the things that we do, we should be afraid that God will deal with us. Second, observe the command. Observe the command. Moses listened. When God is trying to tell us something, we've got to listen. When God tells us through his word and we study together, we've got to listen. We've got to heed what he is saying. We've got to know that and, and know that God is not telling you for no reason. He's telling you because he wants you to be saved. He's telling us because he wants us to walk in communion with him. And so we've got to observe the command. Third thing is simple. We got to pick it up right. Pick it up right. And because Moses does it right, the power of God rests in his hand. The power of God in his staff rests in his hands. You need to know that the power of God, you might not have a staff in your hand, but you still got power of God in your hands. Everything that God wants and designs for you to touch, he can still touch through your hands. I don't know about you, but I remember the days we still laid hands on people. We laid hands on our children because we knew that if we touched them and God touched us and we believed in the power that God had, only through a touch, God would bless. Only through a touch, God would show up and demonstrate himself. There was power in your hands. Now we can go on in, in the story of Moses and say he would eventually have to pay 
for holding that word incorrectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he came down from the mountain with the commandments, the word in his hands, he didn't, we know that he didn't hold them correctly because of what he saw in his anger in the people. And so let us not think that we always hold it right. We don't always hold the word that, the way that we should. And we shouldn't be uh, upset with ourselves. We don't hold it the way we should get back on our knees, get back up and begin to, 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 to commune with him again. We fall down, but we get back up. Let me close. Why the staff and a serpent? God used power in a small, almost irrelevant looking thing, a staff. He didn't showcase his power in the scepter of a king. He didn't showcase his power in a sword of a soldier. He showcased his power in the staff of a shepherd. God doesn't have to make things look grand for it to do great things. That's a word for somebody. It doesn't have to look grand for him to do great things. God can do it through the smallest, most insignificant things that he could ever use to deliver. He'll use it. God can use what looks like a, a foolish thing to somebody else. And I'm sure in my spiritual imagination, when Moses shows up to Pharaoh's house with nothing but the, with the staff, the shepherd's staff, Pharaoh was like, what kind of soldier is this? But little did he know the power that that, 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 that shepherd's staff would yield. The peaceful shepherds, used this staff. And so he took a beat up, raggedy, jagged, jagged and chiseled. I believe the staff had nicks and knots on it. But if the power of God touched it, it can deliver. I'm gonna close with that. When the power of God touches, it can deliver. Whatever the power of God touches, he can use. If the power of God touches you, he can use you. Why the snake? The snake has long been revered as a symbol of wisdom and transformation in various spiritual traditions. The snake sheds its skin, leaving behind the old and embracing the new, a metaphor for growth for us all. God wants to show you his power and move you into your purpose, but you must be careful with his word. It's got a bite to it. Be careful. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Able to cut going forth and coming back. It's got a bite to it. All I can share with you today is how we divide the word, how we interpret the word, how we study the word, how we believe the word. If you're reading the word and you think it's fiction, how are you going to get power from it? The word of God is the living word. And I'm just here today to walk you into this week, reminding you that God's word is power. It's got a bite to it. That's all I got for you. Let me check the chat. Amen.
All right. Amen. Well, I know that we do our Wednesday uh, Bible study, so we haven't been having Wednesday prayer, so we'll go ahead and give a prayer on today and just pray together now. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Master, we bless your presence on tonight. We thank you for your keeping power. We thank you for showing us your power every day. Every day we see your power at work. Every day we feel your power around us and in us, those of us who believe you and know you to be real. Power that pushes back sickness in our bodies, gives us the strength to keep moving. Power that uh, delivers us from all of our fears. Power that we pray over our children and our families with knowing that they'll be safe and they are. God, we thank you for your power. God, we know that uh, when you commanded us with our power, you've told us to throw some things down. We've thrown them down, but we've stepped back fearfully. But God, we know that when we cast them at your feet, we're not to pick them back up. We're to leave them with you. But what you give us to pick up is peace, joy, long-suffering, fruits of the Spirit. And for that, we are thankful and grateful. Master, we pray that as we continue to study your servant Moses, that you allow us to get all the nuggets for our needs, that we may continue to walk this life with strength, understanding the power that Moses had, the power that Jesus has, and the power that we have because he lives in us. God, I lift up those special prayer requests. Somebody sick among us, you're a healer. Somebody's dealing with uh, financial or stressful issues, God, you're a lawyer. Somebody's dealing in all kinds of trouble, God, you're a fixer. God, we pray right now that you would move as only you can. God, those who are dealing with uh, illnesses and convalescing, God, we pray you would meet them right there. Lifting up my aunt in Florida to you right now. Touch her right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for many others uh, that are in need of you right now, that you would move as only you can. You would deliver as only you can. And God, we're going to praise you as only we can because you alone are worthy. Look into the hearts of your people. They've been something that we've forgotten. Those dealing with bereavement, those with loss, God, be a comfort for them. And then God will give you all the praise, glory, and honor that you're due. Bless our church from our senior pastor to our lowest lay member. Be with us. We want to be a church that is truly doing something special. Thank you and bless your name this night. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Oh, yes, I see some words, power in there. Man, y'all gonna get me shouting in, in here again. <laughs> anyway, I love you guys, and uh, we will keep on doing these. Uh, this is the last, well, that was the last praise break moment for Black history, but I'm sure we'll have some more praise breaks to praise about. But uh, God bless y'all and good night.